First of all, don't tell me what to do. I will you fucking stop. Ding dong. Hello? Get vaccinated. <laughs> Allah, the launch code is punched in as we're about to take off and light the fuse. Kick out of all the brain busters, triple Michinoku drivers, and more. We were under the ring for two hours. It's time for a major collision and maybe some division here. I like the fuse. Hami Media Group, channelattitude.com. YOLO. Oh, what's good, guys? What's good? Yeah, solo, Hami. And I got no problems with that. I've got so much going on, so much to do. Sometimes solo shows are uh, fun to do it. I did it for the Friday locker room today. A lot of uh, interesting headlines and breakdowns. And that way uh, nobody can get residual heat off of me <laughs> saying what I got to say with my name on the door, right? So, uh, but last night uh, missed out on the uh, AEW self-help. Missed you guys, but I was over on uh, Rene Dupree's Patreon doing watch along with him because he was so kind to join me last Friday for the locker room. I don't think you knew what he was getting in into for an hour and a half of, uh, uh, you know, reading headlines and going through that. But uh, we had a good time last night. Funny. He was getting tired, man. That show just wore us out last night. Not that we don't go hard in the paint every day and what we're doing, but the just the structure of the show, it was a big, I mean, Renee was most excited last night as I was because uh, we hit him up with the belt count, which is what we do at the AEW self-help group uh, group. Uh, hey, bye. If he's there, usually tallies, but uh, the, it's been about seven or eight belts on average the last six to 10 weeks. And uh, I had told Renee about that and what the over under was on it. And wouldn't you know, be damned if we didn't tie our all time high, I believe, at 14 belts last night on the show. Uh, and there's just a bigger conversation at hand with that. You know, we he just started popping once we got to 10. I think it was we were at 10 in an hour and five minutes, 10 belts. And we're at six belts, 36 minutes in. What what does it mean if everyone has a belt? I mean, <laughs> oh, good rib. Good rib. Uh, if everybody's got a belt, then it doesn't mean shit on your show. Uh, no, nobody's a champion. Any everybody's a champion. You're the you're the best goalie on the team, and you're the best uh forward on the team, you're the best striker on the team. We're all the best, everybody's the best. You didn't know that. And here's my shiny object to prove it. Cause mommy told me I'm the best. Oh man. Uh, 14 belts on a show is a problem. And you know, the, the, there's just no real stakes at hand. Anyone who doesn't have a title should have their own custom storyline. It's a personal one. And that would stand out over everything else. And the other part of that is, and I could be declared guilty of this too, of, having people with championships who may not be the best <laughs> wrestlers at all and are missing spots. So now you have people who are champions that their stuff looks like shit and we can't have that either. So 
there's a lot of problem with all these, you know, titles and what they do or they don't mean or, or anything along those lines, man. But uh, see the chat rooms filling up here, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media and Ben Hameen demonetized YouTube channel. I appreciate that. I also know there's a sale going on at prowrestlingtees.com slash Ben Hameen uh, slash uh, your throat It'd be for Memorial Day. So if you want to pick up merch from your favorite wrestlers, that's the place to go. And if you want to get your garden started, June 1st is usually planting. So that's next week, uh, right around the corner, horseshoegenetics.com, ultra premium cannabis seeds, over 80 strains available now, as well as our first half of our rollout of our organic nutrient line and pH up, pH down products. So hopefully coming to Amazon soon uh, as well. So working hard here at HMG on all brands uh as well as uh the new dispensary brand and uh oof, it just it don't stop <laughs> and it don't quit so you know that it's gonna be a, a crazy crazy a long hot summer uh here at hmg doing all kinds of brand building and work and time is just ripping by every day so that's why i wasn't too worried about sending out an sos to uh make sure i had a special guest here i know strangler steve's gonna be joining us next week for Friday locker room probably. And, you know, I can, I can work on the fly solo. There's no, there's no problem. Uh, but let's, uh, get Josh. Yeah. But let's get into why Ben is so excited about AI. It must be stopped. Um, from the chat room. Yeah, man, we didn't really get into it a ton on master shoot. We did to some degree of just the surface and I've been following some Twitter accounts that seem to be human. They very well could be AI, masqueraded where it just keeps showing all the new tools and plugins for ai into your browser and just what it does on so many levels man um let's just say for the dispensary right the the project i'm working on um have to have a letter of intent uh, when we find a property in order to finish out the license and, and to get everything. There's a mountain, there's a 50 million things I got to do. This is one of <laughs> a million pieces of paperwork that's got to be done. Right. So it's called a letter of intent. Nothing crazy. It goes to the realty company, explains what the business is and, da, 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 and what you'd like per square foot, yada, yada. You can go to chat GPT and go write me a letter of intent for this address to this real co realty company, uh, a projected $9 uh, to, to whatever it is, $15, $20 a foot, whatever you're paying for it. And, uh, and that um, this is the, our company and what we do and all the legal language and all the formatting chat GPT writes that like that, like that, bro. <laughs> one or two things might need to be changed but it's all right there for you and in the instant like i saw a story that chat gpt was passing the bar exam at 96 percent. and when it don't i say that it's not like it takes hours it goes like that where how long does it take a human to go through the bar exam took them under five minutes i think they were passing at 96 percent. it's unbelievable so would you like the there I, I can see in the future like I said, social media platform. I already looked at that plugin on uh, on on mine. I'm using uh, Facebook Meta Business as a programming thing, but this might save even more time as my uh, brand expands. I might even pick up another new client there. It's crazy, man, what these tools can do. So myself managing now three LLC companies, you know, apparently or have my wives do it. I, I just sit around and don't do anything. Um, you know, what it can do to save time for me 
and take my creativity and put things out there. It's insane, man. It really is. Are a lot of people going to lose their took our jobs? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not because they, even if they were not lazy or any reason that you could give that way, these things just caught, save time. Could you imagine being a prisoner and you know, the chat GPT passes the bar at 96%, how you could have it put together your case to maybe, you know, represent you better than a, a state appointed attorney can. It's insane where you can put in um, fucking whatever you want, HTML language, PHP, XML. And if there's a mistake or something that's redundant and the code can be compressed and more efficient, you ask it the question and do it and check the code. It does it. Like, it's not just like it's for one thing. You know, I mean, Google is like, all right, ask the question. And it's like the yellow pages, right, of maybe answers. This is will reshape society in the way we need to ask questions of things and how quickly we can turn that information around. People are like, well, you didn't learn it that way. Well, you still have to go through the letter and read it. So you are learning in the moment. It's all about the old fiery hoop that everybody has to jump through all the time because that's how they did it then. And you're going to do it that way now or be damned. You know, I, I get the Bob Marley. You got to know your history so you you know understand where you're coming from then you wouldn't have to ask me who the hell you were thinking of but at the same time the advancement in how we approach learning is very interesting alongside ai and what we have at our disposal from the lexicon of uh you know history to law to you know when do it when does it apply to philosophy you can even put into it for your food. Here's the ingredients I got. Give me three dishes, suggestions based on these ingredients. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It, it really is. So um, it, the well, how they unleashed it, I think, is going to be up for a lot of controversial debate because it just came out unchecked and they let it go. And then when nobody fucking said, stop this shit now, they're like, all right, let's release the rest of these platforms have their own as well. So <clears throat> it's going to be, it's, it, it's there. You're not going to put the top back on that Pandora's box. In fact, I see it spinning out of control so much because like chat GPT won't let you ask it the, the fucking sexy questions. Like who is the most odds on favorite to hit 48 home runs this year? And you can go bet it or whatever, or, what stocks are, are are predicted to outperform the S&P in times of recession? Like, the, it gives you a faved out answer of like, I'm not programmed to fuck off, pretty much. Like, uh, and But somebody's got those. Somebody's using those systems now, and it's not for the everyday common man. That's going to be a big problem of who controls the money, you know, and also what it's doing for propaganda to be able to make it to make movies, uh, you know, Hollywood costs will be minimal compared to what they are now. And actors will lease their faces and voices where they won't even have to be there really to say the lines. The AI will know their speech patterns. There's not one thing that this shit will not touch, bro. It's going to be a plague upon us, but at the same time for the creative mindset and to elevate to a higher level of creativity, and to free up my time for me to be able to focus on things I want to, I'm going to use it as a tool for as long as I can. Um, and 
I do see a time where there will be a line of products and a strike back in the future. The Empire Strikes Back, maybe let's say 2028, 20, 2030 20, in there, um, where it's like no AI was involved in creating this product, all human products. There will be, they will split us against the users and the I'm not using that shit in my life because it will do between then and now and then this is just me hypothetical out here of, of how i see human patterns of psychology and how we adopt things and then abuse them to try and crush them <laughs> like we do other humans um is that blowback will happen and you'll have like a non-gmo sticker on a fruit you'll have a non-ai sticker on products as well people will buy that as like a um marketing ploy of an all human product because AI will have hurt people so much in 80% layoffs from trucking, shipping it, dude, it, it's not going to fucking stop, bro. It really isn't. So crazy, crazy stuff. And you know, you try and lay some of that on Russo <laughs> and it's exciting, but, um, to sit back and, and see what it does, even in Photoshop and what it can make and, instant animations and this is like month four of it month four like i think it dropped in march uh you know maybe a little before that maybe it was around january i'm not sure but that was like the infancy of chat gpt with no real sexy interface and it still kind of doesn't but the other ones do and um it's just going to become everything man it really is and it's going to change the way people rely on technology like we don't enough already we absolutely do but if we can train ourselves as humans to ask the right questions or you know here's how it is for hollywood too we're joke writers like you got stupid fucking tgi friday you know sitcoms i don't even know i don't watch any of them whatever if you and your family enjoy them whatever you know what i mean but let's take a, a full house or uh, uh anything like that from back in the day right uh tool time and all that shit and you now you would just go give me five jokes that are puns that involve power tools you know and it will come boy he really blankety blank the saw on that one you know like it, it will crank out these jokes and they might suck, but at least they might inspire something where they're like, all right, let me touch this up here. Now you got them writing your jokes and your comedy for you. And, and even now you could write, you can go in there. <laughs> I showed my business partner. I go write a uh, rap like Wu-Tang Clan in the style of Wu-Tang Clan, 12 bars about um, wild man French and D-man the farmer. And this motherfucking and, and horseshoe genetics, uh, you know, cannabis seeds, bro, comes up with the chorus, comes up with the verses and enough that you could sit there. And if you wanted to spit it, you could spit it and put it, you know, uh, a style to the chorus. And then all you need is a little beat underneath. And they got ones that make beats already. So if you haven't heard the Drake song where the AI made a song that just took all Drake songs and then created an entirely new song from that catalog from the sounds that are most well received in the rhythms and cadences. That's how it is. Ice cube said yesterday that people should be suing because right now they could drop a whole ice cube album and he never had nothing to do with it. He never wrote a, a lyric on it, but based off the entire ice cube and NWA lexicon, 
this is what's coming, yo. And he might say that now, but when they go, we'll give you 75% of, of everything it earns, Ice Cube's going to be like, AI's fucking dope, <laughs> you know? So it, it is crazy, dude. It is is going to be a crazy, crazy future. And I'm glad we killed some time not having to talk about wrestling, talking about AI, man. But uh, AI dub, AI dub, AI dub. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, they might need it, man. They might need an AI to fill some seats there. They might need, need an AI to become audience members because that crowd last night was just kind of sitting there staring. Like, I don't know if everybody in Vegas got project blue beamed or MK ultra or whatever it is in there, man. But, um, they said, uh, seats were really not, you know, filled last night. There was a lot of not even just hard cam, but, uh, Hamin's tarp emporium and empty seats. Uh, terrible turnout for this from ringside news. So whatever, probably, Oh no, it's not the drunk guy. It's somebody else. Uh, terrible turnout for AEW tapings this week ahead of double or nothing. Uh, AEW has certainly come a long way since its inception back in 2019. And AEW president Tony Khan tries to ensure that each week of their regular programming is must watch, but that doesn't always happen. Now it appears that this week's episode of Dynamite is Subsequent tapings had shockingly low attendance. Uh, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite was the go-home edition of the show before Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. So the company pulled off uh, all the stops in order to make it a memorable show. The episode showed Mercedes Monet for the first time, which certainly got fans excited, even though I think she just broke her ankle. So that might have been a mistake to show that. Um, then they even had pro wrestling legend Sabu uh, appear on the show during Adam Cole and Chris Jericho segment, which is a, was a strange place to have Sabu come out, but I was glad Sabu got a spot. I always mark for that, but to have him back, Adam Cole and undisputed. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to judge the choice. There's a thousand ways to do things. Uh, however, as revealed by photos provided by one of our readers who attended dynamite and its subsequent uh, tapings, the arena had about a thousand empty seats. It was also noted that the vibe was completely different from their last visit. Um, uh, the, in fact, many people were leaving right after AEW dynamite concluded even more left after the rampage taping and didn't stay for the ROH tapings either. Oof. It was further noted that the fans seemed unhappy with the current product. I can see why after last night, to be honest with you, and that's not a shot. There's, we'll break that down. Um, so AEW nothing will be taking place March 28th, and it has a stacked card. Even then, uh, they are using desperate tactics in a bid to sell tickets for the pay-per-view. Regardless, we'll have to see how the pay-per-view will be received by fans and critics um rough yeah i mean it was hard camp side so it's usually somewhat empty but it, it was you know the way they're portraying it but i was watching that crowd man and they just were not with anything and i and i think it was the structure of the show and the way the stories are being told or not told the right way in a show don't tell kind of way man um yeah fucking uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, people were shocked that Sabu came down, but I was happy for him. It's always good to fucking see an ECW legend, in my opinion. I thought and T I thought Taz sold it well, too, you know what I mean? But why would Taz back Adam Cole like that? You're just kind of like, ah, I'm not sure, you know what I mean? Um, 
It would I would have liked it if he came down and attacked like back Cole and then he attacked both of them from behind and then Jericho and those guys fed in and fucking kicked the shit out of him and it was like an ECW versus new guys thing and even Taz came down and fucked somebody up but uh, that didn't happen so <laughs> instead Sabu backed uh, the white bread baby faces and uh, and that was that but um, yeah fucking I'll tell you what. Uh, What's his name was an ass kicker on that fucking show at the end though, but we'll get to it all. Uh, so Sabu, cause I think he lives in Vegas, you know, and I like that too. Sabu's been through a lot, you know, with the loss of uh, his lady. And I think Tony does this. It's not charity. It's good brother stuff. You know what I mean? In uh, checking on somebody. And I, I think they would do this for Nash, absolutely, too, and guys who've been through I think they're kind of doing it for Arn now after some tragedy befell his family, and they and they do it. They continue to do it to take care of Brody Lee's family, and they've done it with the Briscoes, uh, with Mark being featured on this show. It's not that these guys are lame duck talents by any means. It's just when you're – in this wrestling business and you don't consider yourself a civilian anymore and things like that happen. Wrestlers are very, you know, <laughs> addictive personality people or very kind of bipolar. Some of them, you know, uh, spotlight addicts, all that kind of stuff. And when you don't have that, or you go to a dark place, bad, uh, more bad things can happen. And I think when Tony brings these guys on, uh, it gives them a, uh, uh, feeling of being back with the boys and being appreciated and getting to be that, you know what I mean? And we all kind of feed off that. And it's cool to be like, Hey, fucking Sabu's in the locker room. It's, it's cool feeling, man. I'm not going to lie. And then, um, you know, the other part of that is, is he might now get another summer of bookings off that. Cause Sabu was just on AEW and now he's on the road and his fans are letting him know how much they appreciate it. All the fucking, bumps they've t he's taken for your entertainment and crazy shit that he's done to be like wow you know uh that really <laughs> was way before the crazy shit they do on aew he, this, this guy's done it all um so i like that good brother stuff that they take care of each other like that and i think bringing a guy back who might be in a dark place but wants to still perform that's that's a good way to do that you know what i mean so i, I gotta i gotta respect that Oh, let's see. Let's see here. Um, update on Ace Steel's status with AEW following the announcement of the Collision debut. Another issue that was resolved involving uh, Punk's friend Ace Steel. Uh, it was reported that Steel's been under AEW deal for many weeks. And it's being reported that he will be working from home as part of an arrangement with the company. Ooh. <laughs> uh, allegedly. So, uh, Steel's return to the company uh is believed to have been a sticking point that arose last week and caused punk's name and image to be removed from the collision announcement at the warner brothers discovery upfront yeah i mean that speaks volumes too of like oh we don't got it done we don't want to show them i understand why they would want to do that because it's not if it's not fully you know eyes dotted t's crossed signed on the fucking line then you don't want to put that out there and promise your w your warner brothers people that he's going to be there, you know, especially if we're still working stuff out, but I don't see why a steel would have been the guy to like 
you know, be like, everybody can come back and have a job except him because he bit Kenny or whatever. Who gives a fuck? He was there for his boy, and Ace Steel is a, a badass dude. Um, but that's a nice deal, be able to sit home and looks like a consulting gig. You know what I mean? Maybe he's punching up segments or giving suggestions or I don't know if he's in on any teleconferences. Who knows? But the way that reads is, I'll sit home with my dogs and my hot wife and kick it and fucking review the show, man. So Ace might have the sweetest deal of them all out here, but if he wanted to, he could show up at collision with punk. And I don't think anybody's going to say shit. You know what I mean? Like if you're hired, even if you're remote, like you're hired remote, but you can't be here, you know, and if punk is going to have, some of the say on the creative over there, then I, I think obviously you'd have Ace and Ace is a fucking great mind, dude. He was just working Derby City Wrestling, uh, Dave Marquez promotion and rips there helping out too. So he's agented at WWE. And I thought Ace's promo worked and that time to fire up punk was some of the best work that was on AEW right there. Like, so Ace is like, you know, a guy who's in Punk's corner and train him. But when he had to pull his name card and, and talk that shit to him, Ace Steele st stole the show that night. So he, he's shown that when I have my time, yeah, I can be a captivating character and I'll show you how it's done, man. So um, it, it's it's interesting. We'll see which way it'll go. But <laughs> right now it sounds like he's earning the check, kicking it, man. So can't, can't hate on that. Um, this was an interesting one. Former WWE star believes AEW has done a horrible job with Brian Danielson. Um, during an interview with Hitting the Turnbuckle, former WWE and ECW star Justin Credible uh, criticized how AEW has been utilizing Daniel Bryan. He says, I know Dan Brian Danielson very well. Uh, I mean, he was one of the biggest stars on the planet just a couple of years ago, and they've done a horrible job with him. Not to have him in some ways pick these guys' brains, I would just imagine that everybody would have got, come together a lot easier. I think there's so much ego involved. It blows my mind because ECW, the way it worked, and there was no ego. I just felt like people are being paid good, maybe too good, and they're just like, fuck this. Let me do the bare minimum of what I'm asked and let this train uh, ride this train till the wheels fall off, make our money, and go home. <laughs> I mean, uh, it sounds like I said that, right, a couple thousand times instead of like stepping up and make the best TV show and getting everybody on the same page and on the same team and really going at WWE, we're already a house divided and we'll never be able to overcome that way. Um, and that people will do the bare minimum and mail it in, or we'll put people on TV with no build or anything along those lines and just expect it to be over. And it's not, you know, yeah, uh, obviously just incredible. And then the click, he fucking knows what the fuck is he's talking about, bro. And I uh, work plenty of shows with him and always have a good time uh, listening to his knowledge. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I think he's probably spot on here. I talked about this on the Friday locker room and it's, uh, it's something I've not suffered with, but I've done to myself because I want the companies I work for to be the best. And a lot of times I'm in the brain trust of what's going on, whether I'm the, you know, helping with finishes, segments, the booker, promotion, everything. But when all that's coming together and I've got to do work to defend these, 
you know, my focus should be strictly on my segment, but it's not, it's on like, all right, I gave these guys creative. I want to see how it works and da, 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 da. And now I'll, my focus is split, maybe 70, 30, where 30% is on them. And I, I'm not going to be able to give my best performance. If Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryanson or DB or whatever it is, man, American Dragon and CM Punk, your two probably top paid guys in your company, like definitely two top fivers. Um, if they are, they want to help and get the new show over. And I, I get where their heart is at on that, that I would want to do that too. But their value is in going against WWE as the top dogs. And if they're splitting their focus, their performance is going to suffer. It's, it might not be bad by any means. They're both awesome, but it won't be as great as it could be. Now we have to really look at that and say, where, where do I need them the most? Get producers who can produce like an ace steel, like yours truly, like whoever else and can help these guys be the best version of themselves to wrap up their careers, not do a, Hey, remember me nostalgia act. And I'm also helping out with the show. Cause I'm just trying to be a good brother and pass on the knowledge the way it should be. I know where their hearts at, but that's not what they need right now. They need fucking, <laughs> they need Mark McGuire, Michael Jordan <laughs> calling the all-stars of wrestling. We need you all hands on deck. Right. And, um, they can't be splitting their focus that way. It's a problem. It's going to, it's going to be a problem. And I don't think they've worked like that to, to know they're going to be focusing on somebody else's successful segment that they're invested in. And they're going, Oh fuck. What are we doing for our shit? Like two segments before they got to go on. It's, it's, it's going to be uh, a detriment more than it's going to be a help. So, uh, let's get to the show. Uh, that's about, uh, halfway through. I haven't been checking the chat. Hopefully everyone's good. What I was Horowitz and myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over. You didn't know. Just ask Rip. Oh, what Rip say? Uh, let's see what Rip said. Uh, <clears throat> You lazy, fat bastards. Get your lazy ass up, eat right all day, work out, get in the gym. If you go to a show that night, do push-ups, squats, lunges, push-ups, squat, lunges, crunches, all the time you're in the dressing room. You go through life one time. Quit being a lazy bastard. Work your work your ass off. You're not that over, please. <laughs> I'm gonna play that every day of my life, bro. I'm gonna play that every day of my life, bro. Um, why is Sosa so white now? That's in day. I think he's got vitiligo, doesn't he? I'm not sure. Um Whatever. I mean, uh, we need them all. We need them all on this show because they're not drawn. And I've seen that ticket sales are like dirt cheap. They've been getting ribbed for that. And then to watch this show last night in the opener, you know, with uh, Renee, it's almost embarrassing to watch wrestling like that, you know, of here's a guy in Orange Cassidy who can do character who you could get over in 90 seconds on a show. He doesn't need 15 minutes. So that alone, you're already working against what makes him magic. And then the other kid from, I think he's from Aussie, uh, oi, 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 or whatever there, uh, or Kyle Fletcher, this kid, 
looks good. Gear looks good and dumb that he's wrestling with a necklace on because that's a nice way for somebody to get their pinky ripped off. But, you know, what do I know? It's old school. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the match is embarrassing, like in psychology wise, like it's stomach churning out of the gate. Um, out of the gate, they lock up uh, fucking and go into a brain buster. And he hits him with a brain buster, one, two, kick out. Now, Arn Anderson is at this show. And to do a brain buster to open and kick out is just a massive fuck you to that guy's entire career, bro. Instead of, if you want to do the same spot, and this is where they don't know wrestling. And they'll be like, it's old school, you don't know. Fuck you. you. You don't know. Because it's a way to accomplish the exact same thing without burying anything. Rip would say the threat of violence is just as important as the violence itself. What does that mean? That means if I hook you up and get you in the standing suplex position for the brain buster, now we've teased brain buster or standing vertical suplex, which they will also come back and do later and bury. <clears throat> but if you then knee the guy in the head while you're in vertical and slip out the back, and then so you 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 tease the violence slip out out wrestle the guy which is what a baby face should do over a heel and then you roll him up from behind and then it's one two kick out now we've teased brain buster but nobody had to take it and nobody had to bury it because it's a major bump and it shouldn't be opening a match you should be building to that but you can tease that you want to get it to there then the baby face out wrestles the heel by while being vertical doing something cool and then you get to what you want, which is a false finish, and nobody's had to take anything, and you're going to kick out anyway. So at least he looks strong. This way, if you hit him with an impact move like a brain buster and he kicks out, he gets right back to his feet. You just buried everything. It's not an impact move anymore. But if you out-wrestle him out of it and roll him up, now it means something. But these guys are so fucking indie or green that they don't understand that shit. And throughout the rest of this match, there's three – there's three Michinoku drivers. One of them is off the fucking top rope. Kick out, bro. So now you've done a Michinoku driver and kick out as a falsy. Okay. Now we're going to do it off the top rope. That should be the finish. If you're going to go, the one on the mat didn't work, so I'm doing it off the top, and this will kill him, and that'll be it because this is way bigger. It is. And then you kick out. So now the Michinoku driver is no longer a finish. It's only for idiots. Only an idiot would use the Michinoku driver because it was just proven that if you do it on the ground or you do it off the top rope, you cannot beat somebody with it. So they are just killing wrestling over and over and over again, taking bumps that could be paralyzing. And there was even more bumps on the fucking apron, like a front flip bump, a flip bump right on the edge. And it was just ridiculous, bro. And, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, the kid was probably nervous. Kyle Fletcher getting an open dynamite. I can understand you're going to try and do your best, but <laughs> this match was three times longer than it needed to be. And they buried so much shit that nothing meant anything. And there was so many false finishes that it was absolutely ridiculous. Why is that an important fuck up? Because in the opening match of a show, we should establish wrestling. Yeah, we should establish the pin, and you might need one falsy if you really need one. You really even shouldn't even need one. But to go over clean 
and to fucking beat a guy with a finish to show that, yeah, this is how it goes. And we played by the rules that leaves the rest of the show for other people to have other false finishes in their match to, to build on the show, the, the excitement of he's got him. Oh, he kicked out and doesn't when you do them all in the very first segment, when you, they had to have at least nine false finishes in this match. Now the rest of the show, nobody is going to bite on anything because they think that everything's going to be a kick out. And it usually is. So they picked all the fruit off the tree by burying all big high spots and big bumps out of the gate, which we saved none of those for anybody else. We ate up all the false finishes we fucking could. So nobody's falsies on the rest of the show, man, a goddamn thing. And we had 14 fucking belts on this show. These are big, big problems in, in how you're structuring, how you're misusing your talent and characters for their strengths and what gets them over and not really doing that stuff. They didn't even really work a orange Cassidy style match that much last night, man. It was just all these high spot reversal, tilt to whirl DDT bullshit kick out. You knew it wasn't going to beat me. Ha ha beat you with a fucking flip through roll up victory roll or whatever the fuck it was. It's just, it's brutal, man. Like that is brutal Bob wrestling. And I don't give a shit what any AEW Mark fan or anybody on the fucking roster thinks about it's the old way, dude. <laughs> there was zero psychology in that match that made any sense. All they can go is go, we told him Michinoku driver story. No, you didn't. No, you didn't at all. So very bad, like disappointingly bad, to be honest with you of how it's going down that way, dude. Oh, yeah, you can get new Ben Hameen shirts right now uh, if you're looking for them, you guys. I think uh, this weekend uh, at the ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ben Hameen. Uh, save by a couple. Why not? You know, there's plenty of good ones up there. Hip-hop references, uh, Illuminati references. At least if there's one thing, uh <laughs> Mike Martin, am I repetitive, Mike? I don't know, man. I guess uh, I'm sorry if you if you paid for this and you heard it before, man. But it, it's uh, it's just what it is. And to sit there and have to watch it with Rene Dupree, <laughs> a guy who fully understands the psychology of wrestling and character, and we got to sit there and watch fucking whiff kicks and all this get your shit and stuff that means nothing, man. It, it's almost embarrassing to have to fucking do it, dude. Um. Let's see. Guess who won? Orange Cassidy. Shocker. Uh, then I'll come more belts. Oh, no, sorry. We get Ricky Stark shown backstage. Uh, says he's a hothead and people think he acted out of emotion act last week, but he acted out in control. He's sick and tired of hearing about it. He has nothing to lose. However, then Juice Robinson and Jay White kick the shit out of him, hit him with a chair, leave him on a, put him on a flight case uh, in the back and, uh, and like do some weird stuff with his hands and, keeping him in an arm bar and trying to talk shit to him. It gets very strangely homoerotic uh, towards the end of the scene. Uh, but, you know, welcome to pro wrestling. Uh, then Jack Perry's shown backstage saying he drove to Las Vegas a lot, and each time it's a little bit different. Vegas, baby, Vegas. There's fucking bats out here this big. Um, one thing is always the same, which is the feeling that's standing inside the ring, and that's giving him a purpose. It lets him be the man he wants to be on Monday, and he'll drive down the road as the AEW world champion. Um, yeah, dude, this was shitty. 
Um, it has nothing to do with anything uh, of where we're going with him. It didn't get him over. I don't know if he threw up beforehand or not, but uh, need somebody to coach him, direct him, and get a performance out of him and make him understand what his not, what his value is. Uh, he's a second generation Hollywood kid. No one cares about the wrestling thing. The gimmick is Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Uh, there's a zip code out there. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. You might want to look into it. Um, FTR hits the ring and cash Wheeler says it would be easy to say Jeff Jarrett's trash, but he's outsmarted them every step of the way. Uh, as they got big fucking patches on their head because they got double smash with guitars last week. If you weren't tuning in, however, he's been lucky. And, uh, on Sunday that runs out. Dax Hardwood says a few guitars won't stop him. Well, how about this cello, pal? Uh, deuce, get my ukulele. Uh, and stay relevant as he attaches his name to the best team in the world today. If he thinks he's going to, thinks the head of the tag team division will be rejects from TNA, it's not going to happen. He thinks they should call Dixie Carter and make sure they have job security points. Um, the, the, hey, this is how I am in improv. When you say a character's name or reference somebody, you have now brought them into the universe. Um, that was a rim shot. Oh, joke, right? But he said it. So will we see Dixie Carter in AEW, you guys? That that When you speak those names into the universe, now they're there as part of the lexicon. you got to pay it off. Um, so... Give me some Donna and Brenda. God damn right, pal. Valerie, too. Oh, my. Uh, let's see. Jared's crew then turns up, and Briscoe shoves Karen out of the way and slaps uh, Jeff uh, as well. He tells Jay Lethal he's his boy, uh, but he's tired of his bullshit and gets pushed as well. Then Mark Briscoe turns up, and uh, Wheeler tells him not to let Jared uh, make him look stupid. Uh, but then... Uh, Mark Briscoe gets slapped in there or slaps him in the face, slaps uh, Dax in the face. And then Dax likes goes to go at him and uh, his tag partner is supposed to stop him. And he really doesn't. He stops himself with his chest out. It just starts getting weird and goofy. And um, I don't know, this uh, was not working that well. It just was really wrestling, wrestling, uh, very Southern fried. Uh, Sammy Guevara is then shown backstage with Renee Paquette. Uh, and he's wearing a, a furry jacket, furry leather jacket with a, and he's got a, no shirt on and a dog tag. Uh, I popped Renee saying that was his Jeff Hardy dog tag from WWE shop.com. It just showed up. It's going to get it signed later. Um, I don't understand why people dress like this. The guy has a super punchable face, but they've been wanting to turn him baby face. Um, obviously he's a natural heel, uh, but we're playing a weird tweener. I don't know, pool boy, sexy boy type thing. And his lady's not with him when we know he's with his lady. So we're, now we're making a fantasy for who? I don't know. Um, but uh, you'll never see, I promise you guys will never see me wearing a leather uh, fur jacket with no shirt on. Okay. Uh, I promise. Uh, let's see. Guevara says a lot of money, but he won't lay down. Instead, he'll take the title from him, you know. Uh, I don't know, MJF's paying them off or whatever. House of Black uh, versus AR Fox, Grand Metal Leak, and uh, Blake Christensen. Uh, I'm Blake Christian Anderson um, for the Trios Championship match. Things like this, when you see them on the marquee, you know who's over. 
<laughs> who's going to win house of black or the three guys who don't uh, really tag together that much. No, don't get me wrong. Out of all these dudes, I'm an AR Fox fan, man. That's my two CW brother. But they all do a ton of extra shit and get their shit in uh, like you would expect. Um, I was actually surprised. I thought this would go longer based on how long the opener was, but it wasn't. And this is 36 minutes in, and this is where we're at six belts, you know. Uh, Let's see. Oh. Ben's going to be looking like he was on wild hogs. I don't know what that Ben is Miro. <laughs> Miro is still in the office week three. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're having delivered over there. Him and Thunder Rosa have been eating uh, Domino's pizza or whoever the sponsor is uh, meeting those Pizzonis or whatever the fuck they got. Uh, what were they advertising last night? Cool ranch Dorito pizza folded in half or some shit. I don't even know what they're called. Whatever fake name they make up for these delicious terrible chemical pizzas uh however mcgram elite runs on the ropes and hits a double drop kick uh to matthews and black as they dive out of the ring ar fox aims to, jo- to join but then big brody king's waiting for him in the ring and gets dropped with a big chop uh, after his partner pulls his leg fox manages to kick out in the ring they brawl the outside fox hits an explosion senton to wipe everybody out somebody had to do it might as well be ar fox however back inside Buddy Matthews comes out on top when he tweets about his girlfriend and then stomps Fox uh, and then into an inverted Texas Cloverleaf. Metal League tries to stop it, but Black gets in the ring and locks in a knee bar. King cuts off Christian with a submission on the ropes as Fox is forced to submit. Uh, AR Fox goes under, but I don't give a fuck. See, AR Fox on TV has been a long time coming. House of Black over as predicted by the evil witch at ringside. Oh, let's see. Blackpool Combat Club are backstage saying tonight they're claiming the tag titles and the objective two is ending the elite this Sunday, the the elite. Uh, John Moxley says they're the best in the world and his hand doesn't shake when he says that. Um, Okay. He doesn't have Parkinson's. Uh, That's the standard they set for themselves. Um, I get that he wants to do some, uh, my hand don't shake when I tell you that I'm the best there ever was. Okay. Uh, MJF speaks about double or nothing. And again, MJF, great promo, way too much time. Less is more. Jizzer, Wu-Tang Clan, make it half short, twice strong, son. Keep it brief, son. Um, MJF then makes his way to the ring and starts, uh, and it starts out by throwing Tony Schiavone's drink all over him. He takes a shot at all of his opponents and then says he's aware of how important Sunday's match is. People like to throw around the word homegrown, and you can get the best homegrown at horseshoegenetics.com. I think that's what MJF said. Uh, and it doesn't get more homegrown than them. And unlike some people's faves, they don't need to be on national television first. Uh, they have been beaten the best, given the best matches and the best moments in the history of AEW. Uh, it goes on and on and on and on like this. Uh, until, um, until Jungle Boy and Guevara and, uh, Darby come in, Darby tries to get his shin in and they go back and forth with each other for a minute. Darby's got these weird boots on with, uh, inch lifts in them. And they, I don't know, he looks like he just raided the hot topic because he heard Marilyn Manson's coming to town or some shit. Who knows? 
this is the problem. It doesn't matter what's being said here. The crowd is sitting there dead. Your world champion is in the fucking ring. And we're going back and forth with these dudes who look like middle schoolers. It needs to be said, you know, I don't care how over you were on the indies, how much buddies you were with the Young Bucks. People want to live through characters that are larger than life, vicariously through them. You're a fat guy. You want to live through a jacked guy. You're a fucking short guy. You want to be a tall guy. You're, uh, you know, a redhead. You want to be a blonde. Uh, it don't make a fucking difference. These characters are so average every day. Their acting skills are not even close to prepared for TV. Only MJFs are. Only MJFs acting skills are where they need to be to be on TV. The other three guys, no. The, you know, Sammy Guevara is camera friendly. But, you know, aside from taking insane bumps, what's the value, you know? And the other two guys, had, Jungle Boy has value from who his dad's legacy was, but we're not playing in any of that. And Darby Allen is a skateboard emo kid, but we're not doing skateboard emo. We're just standing in bright lights. We're not doing the film noir stuff that he was doing that was really good. Marching him out to the ring to do a face-off and get uh, dressed down by fucking you know, the head priory of Zion doing satanic imagery is not going to help get him over, man. It's about cutting off MJF in the middle of his spotlight and promo so he can react with your new movie piece that you produced. That's a, you know, this week it's death adder or whatever the grindhouse film type shit that you want to do. And you get to paint with your brush over the top of that marching down there just to get ripped apart. You look like every, like, sorry, sad, sad kid who's sitting at a lunch table by himself in a middle school. And that's fine of that's who you want to appeal to and make them your fan base. But you got to feed them that, um, what the fuck is uh, Miller? Uh, I can't think of the, the name of the fucking movies that are like half animated, half movies that, uh, that, were, that were real big. Like The Watchmen and things like that. The, the guy who did all that. You know, like you could be really, really picking Tony's pockets and using the production crew at, that they have at Jacksonville or even other places like DDP Studios that they've tapped into before to be creating some awesome stuff. Let's see who's this. No, oh, crank calls. Um, so it, it, it's uh, the, the presentation's way off in order to get any of these guys over. If we had 90210 World for the other buddy and then you know, making Guevara and his girlfriend like the making out in front of everybody couple and just slutty, both of them, then we'd have something to hold on to with any of these characters. But the reality is they should all be swept off the board. And you could make the argument MGF should be too. Because when you got a guy like Morrissey, when you got a guy like Hobbs, when you got a Wardlow, when you got a Brian Cage, this business is a visual business larger than life characters and none of those guys that call themselves the pillars are larger than life characters at least those guys i just named are impressive and regular humans will never accomplish the feats of strength and uh you know body size that they were blessed with sin city thank you very much drone i appreciate that jay hall coming through with the sin city uh but yeah that's how darby shit should look and be mainly pre-tape he should make himself into a director and if he was double smart 
he he would be doing these things to build an entire ongoing movie that you could put together at the end and it would all make sense and have a greater vision and he would show that he's a director and a filmmaker and has a a, a story that goes on from beginning to the time he's done wrestling and that alone could be enough for him to walk out of wrestling and get a 20 million dollars director's job from whatever you know a studio would want to have him as a hot property to come do something man like to make himself into an, uh, the next Quentin Tarantino. Now's the opportunity to do that. Walking down to the ring like a Hot Topics reject to get made fun of for being short for wearing thick boots is not protecting yourself, and it's not protecting your talent. And the crowd is sitting there going, this fucking sucks, because it did suck. Oh, man. Uh, then Taya Valkyrie versus Lady Frost. Um, I was happy because I've worked a few shows with Lady Frost, and uh, I think there's a plenty of money right on her. I think she's worked hard. But uh, this, unfortunately, is another one of those matches that's way overbooked with spots, and we got to be here, and I got to be in this corner, and I got to do this, and I got to do that, instead of just wrestling and building to what Lady Frost does really well, which is a big moonsault. You know, Taya could have cut her off, shit like that like she wanted there was just so many spots in this that things got sloppy and and just look like you know not that great women's wrestling i hate to say because i'm a fan of bucking both these girls uh but we're just uh overbooking matches uh less is way more again and even in the ring not even on the promo in the ring uh and, and how to get them over ty valkyrie goes over but uh everything is kind of like mm, it's 60 percent in this and I've been on, I've, I've had bad streaks of matches. I was just on one not long ago, uh, where you think like, all right, I'll leave that one behind me, which I'm sure Taya kind of feels that way about the performance with Jade. And this is supposed to be her get over with frost. And I'm sure her and frost are friends. And like I said, uh, you know, lady frost, there's money on her gimmick. She's, she really feels, and so does Taya feels like this to me too. Like right out of when they did Batman with, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Jim Carrey, like that kind of characters that they had in that one are very much what Taya and Lady Frost are in in, in their vein of wrestling to me and how they look uh, and act. And Lady Frost's husband does a, a he's super fucking jacked too, uh, but he does like a steampunk type thing. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. There's, there's room in there for them together, you know, the, the, not to be like, Oh, she's got a shot in the politic for your husband. But if you got Morrison who can come in for Taya, if you've got bunny and blade and you've got those two and you've got other, you know, couples there, there's your, if you, we need more belts, if we're going to break the record and, uh, you know, husband and wife, Jack, what we call it in, in lumberjack sports at the woodsman's, uh, is Jack and Jill. When it, when it comes down to uh crosscut saw man and woman, Jack and Jill competition. So have the Jack and Jill belts. Uh, Tony Khan is then uh, shown backstage for a big Annie. We didn't even hear that there was going to be a big Annie tonight. And uh, there was a big Annie. So Khan's backstage reveals that the first episode of Collision will be taking place from United Center in Chicago. 
And then we get one-eyed Adam Page is just in off the pirate ship. And uh, he doesn't know if he and Kenny Omega were ever really friends, but they were something more important. Lovers. No, family. Uh, family sticks together. And this Sunday, it leads to anarchy in the arena. And the BCC will pay in blood. What if they take his other eye and he's uh, totally blind after this? Anybody worried about that? No. He did promote the announcement. I didn't see that there was a huge announcement. I missed the big Annie about the big Annie. Uh, Elizabeth says uh, TK only blinked four times. No, Renee, Renee Dupree countered. That was a five blink. So if you had five blinks or more, they have updated the TK AI coming soon to a booking meeting near you. Um, then we get uh, Adam Cole, baby, uh, to and uh, Chris Jericho for the contract signing. Is this about the one of the main stories we've been building that I don't know, even so, it was kind of weird with Sabu in it this tonight, but uh, obviously this goes back to the handcuffing and hitting Brit and, you know, as they, they build to it. And Adam Cole tries to show a ton of intensity uh, and frustration, and um, he does it all right, but it's it's overacted. It's, and, uh, you know, he's screaming at Jericho in a microphone, and Jericho's only like two and a half feet away from him. So it's a choice for tv it played on camera a little bit but it's kind of weird and, and and silly you know um but uh it all breaks down and jericho appreciates society he starts to get heat and uh uh till uh cole says uh, that he's bringing the most homicidal genocidal guy to be in their corner and out comes sabu and everyone's like what the fuck sabu and um and then they tune him up and uh, babies stand in the ring while heels look goofy on the ramp retreating uh, from two small guys and a guy who's uh, pushing 60. But I guess that's how we do it. Sabu. Um, I hope they don't make him jump off something or if he wants to, that somebody stops him. Then we get Roderick Strong versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, this match, I mean, this dude, Roderick Strong, fucking awesome shooter. Strikes look crazy good. Um, good lockups and takedowns and chain wrestling to start. This is what should have started the show. Not brain buster fucking kick out. Lock up, chain wrestle, get frustrated, get loose, get heat. Start your heat. They do get into a bunch of falsy bullshit here, you know, but it's towards the end of the show where there should be more of it. But you know what? All their falsy stuff and their big stuff meant less because of what we did in the opener. The, this match was good, but it suffered because of how ridiculous the opener was. Um, Roddy Strong aims for knee strikes in the corner, misses, bounce back. Garcia goes for a roll-up, doesn't work. Follows it with a series of slaps and then plants Strong down the map, but he's able to kick out, locks in the dragon tamer. But Strong gets out of it and hits a gut buster and then the end of uh, Heartache. I felt bad for him here on the finish because these guys worked hard all around the ring and were kicking the shit out of each other, dropped hold in the stairs and all this shit. And then their their finish was kind of missed time by half a second. And that's just that's just the agreement that you make being a live performer in sports entertainment. Especially if you're doing bing, 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 wah boom, wah boom. Those last two gotta really be on point and both of them were a little bit off and looked soft. So they kicked the shit out of each other hard all match long. 
and then the finish kind of looks soft or a little mistimed or mistaken. I'm not saying that everything's got to look clean or anything like that. I like things that look dirty. Uh, I like dirty things, but yeah, me too. Um, but this was, uh, didn't end on the highest note possible for these guys for how hard they worked. And that's just going to happen sometimes in pro wrestling. It's a shitty feeling. I feel bad. It wasn't as bad as I've seen in other matches, but I know they probably both got to the back and were like, fuck, it was good. We just fucked up the finish on that. that yeah. Yeah. We'll get them. We, you know, like, you know, you, you, they, they worked hard, dude. And uh, Roddy Strong's been in this shit for 20 years and taking a lot of pumps and punishment. And I can kind of see, and so could Renee, how stiff he is and the way he moves, even though he's in there giving it his all. Because for him, this is really it. Like, sure, there's ROH. Sure, there's NXT. He's kicked ass in both. But AEW is regarded as the other main stage. And this is really his first time on the other main stage, aside from a little bit here and there in WWE, I think Royal Rumble and stuff, right? So Roddy wants to get make his impression while he can this is a this is more of a vision quest i think in reality than anything for him and maybe we should tell that story but this was probably the best match on the show to be honest with you uh then we get lucha brothers versus claudio castanoli and wheeler Utah. uh roh world tag team championship match uh so this is where we're at 14 belts i believe um Straight away, all four men begin brawling inside the ring, but uh, it's then the champs who come out on top. They send the BCC members outside the ring. They followed it by diving, shocker, uh, the outside uh, once more. Uh, back in the ring, Claudio regains control for his uh, team briefly before hitting, getting hit with a sling blade. Some people call it Kaiser Blade. I call it a sling blade. By Penta, as Ray Phoenix then uh, runs the top rope and kicks him in the face. Why not? However, as Phoenix then tries the springboard uh, back, Castagnoli ends up eating an uppercut in midair. Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Uh, he launches Phoenix into the corner, and Wheeler Yuta then tags in and continues. The attack is caught. Claudio then comes uh, back to hit the tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. That always looks really good, too. But Phoenix kicks out of the following pin attempt. That would have been enough to beat me, buddy, because my back is fucking hurting. I'd be like, nope, that's it. We're good. We got seven minutes left. I don't give a fuck. That hurt. Uh, Yuta tags back in and starts working the legs of his opponent and fires back with several chops, but uh, Utah, Johnny Utah, remains in control. Uh, he runs and boots Penn off the apron only to be hit with a backdrop by Phoenix straight after. Yuta makes the tag, though, as Castagnoli stops Phoenix from doing the same. And he hits the giant swing on him. Uh, so this is the weirdest part of the match. So we have uh, the hot tag. Purpose of the hot tag is the baby has been down getting heat heated on and he needs to tag in. And we've had a falsy. And this is where the tag partner is going to come in and fuck everybody up. So the other tag partner on the baby can regain control and come back in. Instead of, so how it usually works is the heels tag first on the hot tag so they can feed in and then the babies come in house of fire and beat the fuck out of them. Heels tag first, in comes Claudio and then cuts off Phoenix from making the hot tag. So the babies never get to fire up. So it's not even really a falsy. Then the heel, Claudio puts him in the big swing, which is really a baby face move because it's an over move that's like, kind of clowny because the guy's like supposed to get up dizzy from it or whatever afterwards right and show ass so the the heels 
make the hot tag. Babies don't get the hot tag. Heels get to have the cool guy spot on top of the baby faces. So the baby faces got nothing in the fire up and they got fucking yoked back into the, and the heels are getting in the baby face pop. Now we've have baby face heat. Now we have heel pops, which none of, neither of those things should really be a thing. We made up these words to <clears throat> show the ridiculousness of the psychology. What kills me even more is that Claudio is a phenomenal worker. So why would he fucking want to get his shit in as a heel for a baby face pop when they're supposed to be getting heat on these guys? Big swings, definitely a baby face move. So like my head, like I'm sitting here having to watch with Renee's Renee's half asleep. Cause this show has just been brutal. You know what I mean? Format wise, like Renee's going to sleep gts uh and uh and i'm going what the fuck am i am i a wrestling moron like that was our hot tag and now the ba- the heels are getting the pop okay hot tags for the babies to get the pop and fire up uh penta manages to make them through the tag starts lighting up his opponent by sending castagnoli as he drops Yuta onto his knees penta then runs over to phoenix to hit the canadian destroyer to castagnoli on the other side phoenix drives Yuta down on the map but he's still able to kick out bcc responds with a fastball special i don't know if that is knuckleball swords but phoenix kicks out this time around claudio takes a cheap shot and alex abrahantes then distracts the official which allows the lucha bros to hit the fear factor However, as Castagnoli tries to break it up, the Young Bucks turn up and stop him, and the winner and still ROH tag champs, the Lucha Brothers. So the Young Bucks were under the ring for two hours? The executive vice presidents of the company were under the ring for two hours? And, and dude, you guys get the, get, make sure you got your phones down there at 9.58. Just come out, bro. You're going to hear the boom, 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 and we'll have uh, – Don Stevens give you the Iggy on the fucking walkie, and now you go. We just look foolish. We, we look foolish, bro. Would the Young Bucks sit under the ring for two hours? Probably three, uh, you know, based on the fact that they tape Rampage before or, or whatever it was before. Are they just still doing dark? I don't know. Who knows? Oh, Artisan Returns, I guess you're right. He says, that's dedication. That's why they're the elite. The the elite. Who knows, man? Uh, But I'm going to myself. These guys are power players so much in the locker room that they had to hide under the ring. Okay. Guess so, you know. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's the politics are so bad. They just go and hide under the ring now because they don't want to deal with everybody's bullshit. That'd be more of a fucking believable reason to me why they were under the ring. They don't want to fucking hear it anymore. Shut the fuck up. Leave me alone with your stupid problems. You're going to be there at collision. I don't want to hear about bitching on the road and you don't want to travel. You're paid a million dollars. You're traveling. Shut the fuck up. Oh man, maybe they're having a sleepover. Maybe they got the new uh video game underneath there. You know, they're playing uh video games. Oh, Maddie and Nikki. Uh, but yeah, guys, a, a, a perplexing show. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things we can do, but to be honest with you, this pillars thing has got to go away, and we got to start pushing our larger than life characters and top guys, and we really got to make our top guys who want to help out. I think we got to sideline them uh, from creative. Like they can have their input and creative strategy on their shit. No doubt. 
because I want them to have ownership of it, but they got to go out there and perform because right now we need our top dogs more than ever. And to be worrying about, well, I'm going to shine this kid and get him over. That ain't, that ain't what we need you for right now, dude really isn't. And we got to have our big gassed up, jacked up fucking massive dudes be just that the, they all got to be, who's the next Goldberg. Who's the next ultimate warrior. Who's the next Hogan. Uh, who's the next Nash? Like we got to start building those guys out, and none of those guys that are the pillars are going to be any of those characters that I mentioned. So those were the draws, and uh, they were for a reason. <laughs> you know, uh, we need uh, complex storylines. We need funny blackouts. We need uh, different flavors that WWE isn't doing. What are they not doing that we can do? Uh, you know, all the all these questions and more. Uh, will be answered allegedly <laughs> well someday soon uh but i hope you guys enjoyed it man solo on the dolos i ripped through uh you know aew dynamite light the fuse and fun ai talk up top hopefully we get to talk more of that but uh look into it i mean look into some of the things on twitter man uh definitely interested to hear your guys uh, views on it I'd like to talk to ggp if i ever get a minute free in my life, man. But right now it's hardcore Holly with everything that's going on. So I can make no apologies. I can only uh, attempt to do a better job every day than I do now, which is chock full of business here at HMG. And thank you guys for subscribing to channelattitude.com, Patreon, and buying the shirts or cameos or however, or horseshoegenetics.com seeds. All that support uh, means the world to me, man, as we grow and build bigger, better business together in a wrestling community where who knows as the death clock ticks, to, uh, ticks closer, uh, tick tock is our man killer cross would say, uh, we'll all be here together to watch it burn. But, uh, y'all, uh, I'll be back on Friday night for the SmackDown live self-help. Ding dong. Hello. And we'll have a good time together. You guys, I appreciate you uh, missing uh, this Wednesday, but like I said, always good to hang with cafe de Rene over there. And I know he's got uh, some uh, Paul London's back on the night and uh, Alan Funk's going to do the watch along with him on his Patreon for SmackDown, but we'll be kicking alive, kicking those Friday night jams, probably having our last drink because we got a uh, match next week. You know, I don't like to drink a week before shows. So, uh, well, got that, uh, that good green and we'll hang out on Memorial day posse style. And, uh, you heard rip earlier, you lazy bastards get to work, uh, make it the best you and y'all uh, light your own fuse. You're always asking me to light your fuse. Why don't you light your own fuse? Cause otherwise don't be a stupid. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>